This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and anything else we find entertaining. I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armtrout. Hey! Welcome to today's show. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. So apologies to all the Rolling Rocks fam out there. Um, we uh, we recorded a show on the 18th um, of, of July. Yeah. We, uh, we had every intention of doing post, and then... Um, Wednesday of that week, I got sick, yep. and then a couple weeks later, Jerry got sick. So this is our first uh, foray back into the gym in yeah. just about almost a month for yep. both brother Jerry and I. Yeah, and we, uh, yeah, we had to we had to play it safe. We both were sick, and we couldn't ex- you know we didn't want to make anybody else sick. And then my work schedule was before I got sick. My work schedule was brutal. And yeah, and yeah, went from one being sick to the other, and Scott's real still recovering. And we got our first roll in today for in a month. Yeah, and uh, that was a that was a rude awakening for both of us. We we came in here, we stretched out, we you know we tried to warm up a little bit, and uh, we we got one good roll in, and it like our brains knew what needed to happen, but our bodies just were not cooperating. It's amazing how uh, how perishable a skill jujitsu is. Well, it's it, it actually, but it also in the back of my mind, it was just go with the fundamentals. So quit, don't worry about fancy stuff. Just do the basic jujitsu, and basic jujitsu works every time. Yep, basic, basic jujitsu, a basic takedown, a basic works. basic control, basic you know armbar, get get it done. Nothing fancy. Yeah, but uh, control pressure and control. It, it was it was yeah. good to get back in here and move around and roll again. It's going to take a little bit for at least for me to get back to you know full full capacity. But uh, you know Jerry, as usual, did a really good job of whipping my ass, so it's all good. Not as usual. We go back. And we forth. go back. It's, and it's, forth. It's, we're we're even. We're pretty even. I mean, there's my takedowns are probably. Are, I mean, I don't yeah, they're better. But your technique is better. You know, you're a little more technical than I am. I'm more like you know we talked about. I'm a pressure guy. I like pressuring you to do something that I can capitalize on. Yeah, I like for sure. To keep, you know, keep close. No, no space. Not let you move. That's. But yeah, you know. We uh, oh, shut up. But uh, yeah, we uh, we definitely uh, yeah. got up breathing heavy a little. Like woo, woo, yeah. Well, I forgot what well, that was like. Yeah, but we survived, and it's you know good to know we'll be back in a couple of days with the rest of the team. Yeah, get brutalized by them. Yep, it'll hey, be good. Hey, you know it's what it needs. Some, sometimes that's what happens. Yeah, it, it's all good. You yeah. know we we're on the mend, so that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, we were supposed to have my my buddy Paul Gunderson on this week, but of course with or on the next show we were supposed to have Paul, but of course yeah. Jerry and I you know got sick, so we've had to push off Paul. Paul will be uh, joining us in September. Um, next week we will be on the Jits Chicks podcast, so be sure to tune into that. So shout yep. out to Margot. Uh, and Abby at Jitch Chicks, they're gonna, uh, we're gonna grace them, or yeah. I don't know, grace them with our presence. I don't know about or, that. It's yeah, just, they they're they're slumming to our level to uh, that's have us it. On. That's it. They're scraping the bottom to to get us on their show. So tune in. Uh, tune we'll in. Make them look good. Yeah. So tune in in a couple weeks to Jitch Chicks, and uh, and we'll be there. And then we've got some more guests planned um, from our. Uh, 
the roster of our team here yep. in the upcoming weeks. So we're, we're going to get back on the schedule with the guests and get some of our teammates in and, and just continue the, uh, the the Rolling Rocks plan. Um, of course, with you know, us being – with Jerry and I being sick, we did not get to take part in – um, the Richmond Open, the Fuji Richmond Open last weekend, which we were planning on doing. Yes. Um, so we're going to uh, we're going to end up uh, as long as things are continue to be open. Yeah, we um, don't. Yeah, Virginia doesn't go back to mandates and canceling lockdowns and all that stupid stuff. O- October twenty second. October twenty second, the Lynchburg Open. Uh, Brother Cody will be competing. Jerry will be competing. I'll be competing and. Two of our white belts, um, Chris and Jimmy, will also be competing. So, um, if again, if any of the, the Rolling Rocks fam is going to be uh, at that at that tournament, let us know. We'd love to meet up with you guys um, out there in the wild and, and get to meet y'all. So, um, various and sundry, Jerry. We were talking about this a few minutes ago. Um, you saw the uh, – I showed Jerry a really awesome video of what seems to be some sort of fencing uh, competition, yeah. <laughs> and it was a, a kendo a kendoist versus a HEMA fighter, and uh, it was pretty legit. I'm sure most of you guys have seen it on Instagram, but um, the, 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 the HEMA – I believe it was the HEMA fighter who came in with the broadsword, took one swipe with the broadsword, threw it away, got a body lock, like suplex takedown, and uh, ended that particular match. That was a legit takedown. That yeah, was fun. A body lock to a slam on a hard wood floor. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah. in yeah. armor yeah, as well. Yet. So that one was, was pretty interesting. Um, so we also talked a little bit about this morning um, the evolution of the footlock game and the evolution of the leglock game. Um, there's been a lot on social media recently yeah. about – and you can call it, I mean, I've seen it called an inverted heel hook. I've seen it called like a leg Kimura or an ankle Kimura. Um, and then there's also the sock lock that yeah. we've been seeing a lot of. That stand up, stand, standing ankle lock uh, from when someone's on their back playing open guard. Yeah, that, that standing straight ankle. And, and we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of ankles getting broken. Yeah. Um, recently on the on the social medias from from those two particular uh, maneuvers and Jerry and I were just kind of discussing what we think is going to happen now in the 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 no gi sports jujitsu world based on um, you know, these these particular um, techniques being used in the injuries that are that are coming along with them because we've seen what four or five different competitors getting their ankles broken yeah. either from the from the the, the ankle kimura or the the sock lock and there's discussion on both sides of the of the ledger right there's the guys who are against it who are seem to be against everything they're against reaping they're against bare bolos they're against you know, straight ankle locks they're, they're against everything you know saying you know it's, it's brutal and these moves should be banned and um, you know, this is not what jujitsu is all about. And then there's the guys on the other side who, you know, are either arguing, hey, it's completely legal. It's just the evolution of the game. Um, and then there's the, the other side who says, the other side of the, the, the pro argument that says, you know, as you get more adept or, you know, more skilled at this particular lock, you know, you can apply it more 
um, gradually and it not be such a catastrophic injury at the end of the at the end of the technique. Um, and Jerry and I were talking about that this morning while we were warming up for our our, our singular role this morning. And uh, we we both um, well, I think we both have this this concept. This is going to spur the next evolution of sport jujitsu. Yeah. Because for you know, for the last couple of years, you know, the the open guard playing, butt scooting, you know, basically set guard, pull guard, you know, basically set guard and then spin into a strangle lock or or a heel hook has really been the the modus operandi, right? That's that's been that's been the game at a certain level. And I think that these new techniques are going to spawn that next evolution of sport jiu-jitsu because now it's not just so simple that I'm going to set guard and I go for open guard and stick my yeah. legs up and right and and go into that particular posture because now you know like they, the the sock locks there. I mean, yeah. it, when you it's kind of when you start opening your your mind to leg locks, right? Leg locks are always there. Yeah. The wrist lock is always there, Jerry and my favorite. You know, the wrist lock is always there. Well, now it's another evolution of that to where the the ankle the sock lock's always there right there's always that sock lock there or the the i'm going to continue to call the ankle kimura just because i like kimuras yeah but they're always there so now the the game's going to have to continue to progress past kind of where we've been for the last couple years yeah it's it's, you're you're not going to just sit down as soon as you know it's time to go and just wait you know you can't it's, it's, it's not going to be two guys pulling guard and playing 50-50 the whole time. It's going to now you got to worry about, yeah, you're going to have to worry about, the, with no other better name to call it, the, the basically that knee, ankle, kimura, where, you know, it's a, it's a weird variation, but it works. Yeah. And then that sock lock, the standing ankle lock. And so you can't just sit there and wait for someone to come into your guard. Now there's going to be a challenge. <clears throat> and so you'll see, like we were talking about, now you're going to see people, are we going to see people bait with the sock, you know, bait their ankle out there so someone gets a hold of it so they can go up underneath them, do something inverted? Is it, are you going to see more knee bars from the bottom where guys get, you know, get a standing knee bar? But, yeah, I think I think this is going to open up, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, they look violent, and the ones we've seen, on Instagram are violent, but are they? But how many are being used? And we only are we're only seeing the dramatic ones, the guys where people get hurt. We're not seeing someone use it to win a match where he he just gets it and applies gracefully. You're seeing that guy who gets it and goes brutally. Yeah, snaps it in. I mean, we could you could say, you, you know, we could probably find a thousand videos on YouTube of violent chokes and violence oh stuff yeah you and, could find violent arm bars yeah. violent you know anything from so, the basics you know we're just talking about these ones that look violent but you know jujitsu people saying jujitsu is a peaceful sport and yeah i'm gonna I'm not I, I, that's a little stretch of the imagination i mean you're choking each other out and and, and arm your shoulder locking and stuff there's there's not a whole lot of peace in it well, and, and you know, it's, it's like that. Involuntary folding of clothes while you're in it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the meme. I think the meme that I sent you the other day, it was like, you know, the, the, the guy and the girl, and they're in the car, and the guy's like, don't worry, honey. Jiu-jitsu translated means the gentle art. And then it's like they drive home, and the guy's smiling, and the woman's hair's all, you yeah. know, screwed up. And, you know, it's, I mean, yeah. it does translate as the gentle art. And, yeah. 
you know, when you compare it, well, no, I, I mean, when you compare it to striking arm, yeah, I mean, right, compare it to kicking to where compared to Muay Thai, yeah, right, yeah, or Taekwondo where it's all high, high, hard, fast kicks, yeah, it would look what we do looks more gentle because it's a lot of you know, especially the higher level of the competitors, it there's so subtle movements, yeah, it looks a little more gentle. But trust me, when you're in it, it doesn't feel that gentle. Well, and you know, I had this I had this discussion with a friend of mine, and it was it was it was me and my buddy who's like a third degree black belt in in Taekwondo, and we were at of all places, we were at a bar. We're closing out a bar. We're closing out this bar. It's me and him. We're the only ones there, and we were talking to the bartender, and he and I were nattering back and forth about you know. How would jiu-jitsu handle this situation? How would taekwondo handle this situation? Because he, the taekwondo they study is more, it's more old school combat. You know, it's, they don't really do sport taekwondo. They do self-defense taekwondo, like the, the old Korean taekwondo. And so the bartender overhears this and he said, well, you know, if I was going to have my kid, because he said he wanted him and his son to start taking a martial art together. And, you know, for his son, for self-defense purposes, and for him, you know, fitness and to bond with his son. And he said, which one should I choose? Should I go to Taekwondo or should I go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And, of course, it's not like he said Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I said Taekwondo, right? But I let, you know, he said, you know, which one should I go to and why? And my buddy, you know, he he talked about all the good stuff about Taekwondo and, you know, self-defense and how they train it. And he said, well, you know, what about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And I said, well, you know, it's the, the thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is I can decide when and how violent it gets. Yeah. Because with a striking sport, right, you can hit somebody not quite as hard, but you're still hitting them. Yeah. Right? The thing about Jiu-Jitsu is it's about control. Yeah. And you control your opponent, you take their tools away from them, and then you decide when it escalates. Yep. You decide when it now is, okay, I've got, you know, whatever, you know, our coach's favorite self-defense position is, opponent on his side facing away from you, knee and ribs, and you've got, you know. The, the arm, arm shoulder lock, yeah. Yeah, you got the shoulder lock or the Kimura from there. And it's like, at that point, you can decide, okay, I need to break this guy's arm and leave, or I need to control him and you know, wait for the principal to come or wait for the cops to come, right? Yeah. You have the ability to escalate based on what the situation is. And my buddy was like, oh, well, that's an interesting argument. The bartender was like, well, that's really cool. And, of course, the bartender didn't go to either school at the end yeah. of the story. But, you know, the, the gentle art is a little bit of a misnomer. Um, but compared to striking, compared to striking arts, you do have that ability to kind of modulate violence based yeah. on the situation. We can, yeah, meet meet force with force. But yeah, if I come in and lead with a right hook, you know, you're, yeah, it's clash to clash. It's violence. Yeah, if I kick you, or you know, but you also have the idea that you know, if we're, you know, if I judo throw you, if I do, you know, yeah, hip throw, it's going to be kind of brutal and it's going to look rough but i guess it still doesn't look as rough as coming in with a one two and then yeah a leg kick yeah leg kick <laughs> a liver shot a liver shot doing a come across with a jab and then a, then a right uppercut <laughs> yeah 
Um, so, of course, the, the other big news in, in jiu-jitsu world this week was the release of Hicks and Gracie's book, Breathe. Yes. There's been... I, I got my copy. I thought know. I had my copy, but apparently somehow my basket said I never finished ordering it, even though I paid for it, so I have to reorder it. <laughs> I was uh, very disappointed when I seen all my boys getting theirs in the mail. And, mine and you're, like, on. at your mailbox. Yeah, like, where's my... And then where's I look, book? and it's like, it's just... Well, you know, something happened. You know, you contact support, and they're like, oh, well, it looks like something happened. You charged me for it. Where's my damn book? <laughs> yeah, where's my book? So they refunded me. Now i got to reorder it. So, But now he's offering signed copies. So Yeah. I think I'm going to get me a signed copy. I think you ought to get yourself a signed copy. get me a signed copy. Um, Which but, I'll, I'll, you know, I might have to get two. Get a signed copy to put up and get a copy to read. Yeah. Get a gym copy. Uh, that Yeah, that's a good – oh, dude, that's a really good idea. Yeah, we ought to get a gym copy. Um, there's, that's a, that's a good conversation to have here later. Um, but of course, like Jerry said, right, everybody's posting, you know, they got the audio book or they got their hardcover book. I'm about halfway through it. It's a really great read. Um, and I think we're going to do an episode on the book. Uh, brother Cody said we ought to do a, a a show on the, on the book and we should do that for January. We do our like we did this previous New Year. We should maybe maybe do it for like our you know end of um, the year that's, challenge. That might not be a bad idea. We do for our our challenge. We can all read the book and then we can all do like we did the last time. It's not a bad idea. We, do, we can do it for our challenge. I saw this like you know we can we can roll that back into our challenge. I challenge you know we challenge each other last year to do something and we, we all grow grew from it. And I think we you know the book is done, so we can hey we all read this book and then. <clears throat> we can all do something else to go with it. You know. The thing I will say is that it's a fast read. <clears throat> yeah, it's well, a he, really he fast said he, read. I mean, he when he talked about writing it, he didn't want it to get. He didn't want people to get bogged down and bored. <clears throat> the, the 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 first two, the first three <clears throat> chapters are definitely not boring. Um, all I will say is I don't want to give anything away, but you. Everybody knows the, the Jean Jacques Machado story, yeah. right? And how he's actually a Gracie, and. There's a lot more information on that whole thing in the first two chapters, and I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I just, you know, that, that's the whole lineage. It's a and wild his ideas, book. and you know, like you talked about this week, and we talked about before the podcast is that he's, you know, it's like eight, eight out of ten, you know, jujitsu practitioners are pra- practicing anti-jujitsu now, and he's not a big fan of some of the butt scooting. And he's never been a fan of it, but he's being a little more open about it. He's like, that's just not jujitsu to him. Yeah. And the well, idea that, you, that you're automatically sitting down. Well, the interesting thing is, right, Hickson, Hickson and Eddie Bravo are yeah. friends. Yeah. Right? Hoist and Eddie Bravo are not friends. No. Yeah, that's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird how they just uh, – but they have a rivalry. They yeah. haven't got along in a long time. Eddie beat Hoist in a jujitsu tournament. And he, hoist, yeah, he beat one of the other ones too. He beat because um, Rogan was there when he beat. Uh, it was Hickson. Yeah, when he beat Hickson, because uh, Joe Rogan was there when he beat beating. Yeah, because he had no because Eddie Bravo had no chance, and you know according to anybody of beating Hickson, and he did. But I think he beat Hoist too. Or but was it Hoyler? I know it was Hoyler. Hoyler, he beat. Okay. Yeah. Metamorphs three, yeah, yeah, it was Hoyer because yeah, he they gave Eddie Bravo zero chance, and Rogan was there in Bravo's corner. He he come there with Bravo, 
And yeah, it's some. I mean, there's some inter- interesting lineage there. But but yeah, Hoist doesn't take any. He does not believe in Eddie Bravo style at all. He yeah. doesn't believe the sitting down, pulling guard. I mean, think about. But you got to think about Hoist, man. He went into the original Ultimate Fighters when there was no weight limits, no nothing. One of the lightest no guys. Yeah. And he was starting standing against guys and was taking them down. He didn't. He didn't sit down and on his butt. And I think that's the idea. Is like, why are we starting? Why are we getting to a sport where you literally just sit down? Sit down. Yeah. Or you got guys who lay down, do the dead, you know, dead the, guard, the dead guard and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, you know. Well, and and you know, do a rolling thunder. <laughs> well, and that you know that kind of rolls into what we were talking about earlier is jujitsu in the Olympics, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I don't know. If, BJJ gets the Olympics because it'll, it'll be so watered down. How could it be anything? Yeah. Um, How, I mean, well, if you look at what the and and I'm no expert in judo, right? But if you listen to judo competitors yeah. and they, I haven't heard a judo competitor say a good thing about the Olympic rules for judo. Not, I haven't I mean, heard. I haven't heard them say, "Oh, yeah, that's a great." I've heard. If you want to see what the Olympics does to a combat sport, look at judo. Well, just look like we just talked about before. Look at the, uh, taekwondo. Yeah, uh, or, or was it taekwondo karate where the guy got got knocked out and still won? Gold and still won because yeah. the kick was too brutal. Yeah, the, like how, how do you how do you quantify too brutal? You're in a, you're in a combat sport. Well, wrestling. The guy got a point taken for smacking the guy on top of his head. Which people are go, oh, well, you slap him. No, that's a that's a standard. Yeah, it's pretty recognized in all wrestling. When you start out, when you square off, when you're standing, a lot of these guys, you kind of poke at each other and you kind of smack at the shoulder, you kind of smack yeah. at the back of the head. It is. It's just you watch any college wrestling, you watch high school wrestling. They kind of swat at each other. Now it's it is a little disrespectful, and that's kind of the idea. Is it, it's this open hand pop, and then people react. Now, you know, and the Olympics takes point away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like when you go for, you know, when, when you're doing wrestling or jiu-jitsu, right, and you go for the, you, you go for the collar tie, yeah. right? You, you go for the, the behind the neck, right? You kind of got to work your way in there, you know? There's a yeah. little, you know. Got a little hand fighting. Got a little hand fighting, you know? Sometimes you get a smack up against the, against the side of the head or the back of the head, but, I mean, you know. Yeah, how many times in here did we... Someone gets slapped or popped or something. We pop, just, you and just, I pop each other all the time. It just, it happens. just happens. But, you know, to, to, to the argument, right, it's, it, that's you know, not allowed in, yeah. in, in Olympic wrestling. I mean, they want to take wrestling away. I mean, they did, they did pull, they, they pulled a wrestling from the Olympics. And then they had to put it back because so many people were upset. It's like, how do you pull the one original of, sports? Yes, one of the original sports. It, wrestling. Track and track field. and field marathon. Yep, that was it, the Olympics. You could argue if pan, if pancreation was in there, yeah. if that was part of wrestling, or you know, if pancreation became or pancreaton, sorry, yeah. pancreaton became wrestling, or, or how that worked out. But either way, those are the three big ones. Yeah. You had marathon, track and field, and wrestling. Yeah, they threw di- you know an old disc yep. discus, and they threw the javelin, and there are a couple other things. They had some sprint races sprint and stuff, and. They want to take stuff out. It's like, uh, okay, so. But yeah, the Olympics was not that interesting this year. A lot of people didn't watch it. Uh, America did well. 
Uh, My argument against the Olympics for the last, shoot, probably 20 years is they've really, they've, they've dialed up the, um, the personal drama stories, right? It's, it's always about, you know, this, this Armenian wrestler was a one-legged orphan who, right, grew up in her village and this is her, and don't get, the the human interest part of it is, is interesting, but there's so much of it and so little focus on the sport. And the problem is, does that take, go into the judges' minds when they're scoring, especially when there's stuff you get points for. Mm-hmm. So you have the gymnastics, you have some of the stuff where you're, you, you know, swimming, you know, and then someone, the judge is like, oh, I feel bad for this person. So I'm going to give them a little bit better score. Like Simon, well, you know, Simone Bills. Yeah. They literally told her that she was going to be graded differently than everybody else because she's so dominant. Yeah. Cause How her, does the Olympic Committee. So technical, yeah. Says that she is so above everybody else, we're going to grade you differently. It's like, how, how's that fair? That's yeah. That makes no sense. And people were like, "Well, they were mad at her because she pulled out." I, I, how does she not? How does she deal with? I mean, she's got a lot. People forget these are still human beings. Yeah. She's got. I mean, the Olympics is not easy. You compete forever. She's got hundreds of competitions to get there, and she also has a life and a family. She also has real world stuff. It's not like she lives in a bubble. Yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, if anybody knows who she is, I mean, you, she, her brother, I think, got in some is in deep trouble. I think he went to prison for shooting somebody. Yeah. I mean, she's got some. She's she's a survivor of violence. I mean, she's she still was the, a hell she of, was the main. She was the main witness yeah. against the U.S. gymnastics yeah. Yeah. doctor who her, was her uh, and, uh, molesting. Yeah, the uh, the young lady, the girls, uh, who who uh, does the Geico commercial. Uh, does the, the frisbee one? Um, oh, my, my, oh, yeah, the, with yeah. The, she has that weird little smirk. Yeah, uh, uh, my, my, millennium. My, she, she's, she came out this week against how the fact that the International Olympic Committee literally took no responsibility for the things that were happening to those girls. And Michaela Maroney. Yeah, Michaela Maroney. She was assaulted by that mother, by that dude. And she talks about that she, that they wouldn't let they would, the Olympic Committee would not allow parents into their hotels. So these young girls, you know, and stuff happened to young boys too. But young girls are being segregated from their own parents. Yeah, they're not allowed to see their parents at all during this competition. And she was assaulted by that dude. And then when she told an older member of the team who she looked up to was told to keep her mouth shut. So, yeah, these these young ladies. You know, and people are like, oh, well, she should just put it behind her and compete. Nah, shut up. Yeah, she's She is going to be the greatest of all time. You give her a token of her. You give her her respect. And you, unless, especially some dude who's sitting on his couch shoving Doritos in his mouth, you don't get to talk about competition. My, uh, my opinion of this whole, of this whole thing with Simone Biles has really changed over, as more information has yeah. come out. Um, it's really changed because at first it was, you know, she was talking about how she was the greatest, and don't get me wrong, she is. She is the greatest gymnast of all time so far, but she was talking about how, like, she was the star of the American team, and right? And, and you've got to have some of that. Yeah. you got to have some of that ego, yeah, yeah. right, to be a good competitor. Yeah. But then when they came out and the whole thing with um, of she takes Ritalin mm-hmm. for a diagnosed mm-hmm. – 
learning issue, right? Well, it turns out that Ritalin is illegal yeah, in Japan. Yeah, is it was well, a banned substance in IOC. Uh, no, she had a waiver. She could use it in IOC, but she couldn't have it in, in Japan. Japan because it's yeah. it's illegal. Period in Japan. So anybody who's ever tried to come oh, off yeah. of an ADD drug, right? She basically had to go cold turkey off of her prescribed medication before this competition. Yeah. That will screw you up. And and her pulling out of the event, what did it cost? Very little. Our team still got Our, silver. Yeah. She was afraid that her being there and have to do a routine she's never really even practiced to get, go so far above and beyond to even think about getting gold would probably have cost them points. Yeah. And they might not even meddled. She pulls out, they get silver. And it's not like she's the only one there. They have alternates. Yeah. Well, the the so the little um, the little Asian American girl, yeah. you know, she some she pulls out. Little Asian American girl gets first on that that particular yeah. apparatus. So it's like, it, you know, she did what was best for her and for the team. But she did what's best for her, and at the end of the day, good for her. Kudos to her. I don't, you, you don't get to tell tell people just to shut up, and put it away. So America first. Yeah, America is important. Your country is important. So is her personal life. Back off. It's not like this. This young lady has sacrificed pretty much her entire childhood and yeah. suffered through some stuff most of you will never understand. To to represent us and to be number one in her sport, I think she deserves deserves a break here and there. Yeah. Well, and it, it's pretty telling when you know her um, Dominique Dawes. Yeah. Um, well, Dominique Dawes, right, came out. And if you talk to any of these high-level gymnasts after they've retired, they all say the same thing. I do not want my kids to yeah. do that. I don't want my kids to go through what I went through to get to that level. Yeah. I mean, that's – and I'm not trying to damn Olympic, uh, Olympic gymnastics, but that's a rough road to get there. You have to give up a lot. I don't want my kid to be a Marine. To get to that level. You know, I don't want my son to be a Marine. Why? Because I know what, what he's going to face. So you just, you have that in your head. And the same thing. They know what you're going to have to be that level. They know what they have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Everything. These girls, I mean, look look how small some of these girls are. You look at some of these, you know, they do stories on them that, that their bodies suffer because they, they don't eat. Because they have to maintain a certain weight. They're always active. Their bodies never really grow. A lot of them have trouble later in life with pregnancy and, yeah, with body female issues. things yeah because their their hormones never were suppressed because they weren't eating enough they were always training they're nothing but muscle and it's just like you know they're sacrificing you know to be something back off yeah give them give them a break they're sacrificing more than you know and just yeah just the idea well she she's over there rep- dude she's still above and beyond anything you can ever do especially like I said people eating Doritos drinking Mountain Dews going to lecture someone about compa- you know, lecture someone about having passion and drive dude what are you doing yeah exactly you know you're playing Call of Duty <laughs> uh, alright you got anything else for Various and Sundry uh, nah nah alright well we'll hear from episode 11 special guest Matt Warner his novel Empire of the Goddess and we will be right back My name is Thomas Dillon. 
You may know me as the man who supposedly killed his own son to collect insurance money. The truth is my little boy, Walter, was abducted by a religious cult. They took him to a parallel world, to an America run by religious fanatics and plagued by disease. I know because I've been there, and I found my son. It's a place of magic and malice and ignorance, where faith healing is medical care and government enforcers dress like clansmen. Now, I know I sound crazy, like this is the plot of a dystopian dark fantasy novel that would appeal to fans of Neil Gaiman. And indeed, that's how I had to get my story out, by teaming up with writer Matthew Warner. He published my first-person account as a novel called Empire of the Goddess. Publishers Weekly called it quick-paced and intriguing. Can you believe that? But he let me record the audiobook, because only I can tell you my story. And it's gonna blow your mind. Look for it on Amazon and at MatthewWarner.com. Empire of the Goddess. And we're back. All right, so it, we've had quite a few fights since our last show. So yeah, we, we've got some comments, uh, but we're not going to go in-depth. So the first one was Fight Night Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. This is the one we were... We were really excited about because it had Miranda Maverick yeah. versus um, Macy Barber, Does and it, we had uh, it was supposed to be Aspen Ladd versus Macy Chase on, and that's gonna be in October. That'll be in October. They rebooked it, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, so that one will uh, that that one will, will happen eventually. But man, there was some questionable judging on this card. Yeah, I think Miranda won the first two rounds easily. Uh, Macy Barber did put a show in in the third round, but Miranda dominated the first, the first two. two. And for it to be the other way, though, but here lately there's been a lot of questionable judging. judging yeah, where you'd have a judge give a round ten eight, and the other two judges give it to the other fighter. It's like, hey, wait, what? One yeah. judge sees it as a ten eight, and the other two see it as the other guy won the round. How's that possible? Who is not watching the fight? Yeah, exactly. Who's on their phone? Um, but yeah, that fight, I, I gave it to Miranda, but she wasn't disappointed. She didn't come out and make excuses, and it's not like this the end for her. She'll have to she'll have to have another fight or two to get closer because yeah, it does give uh, the nod to Macy Barber, but they'll meet again. Yeah. I- I think they'll meet again, and this is definitely not it for Miranda. Oh um, no, she this this was just this was a judge a close a close thing. Dana White didn't appreciate the judging either, so he, it's not like he's gonna like give her a nobody or something and just kind of throw her out. She's she's one of the futures. He knows it. Yeah. She's super talented. Macy's super talented, but yeah, the judge. I, I think the judging was was wrong. I think I think Miranda dominated the first two rounds. I, and I think the, in on the main card or on the the, the main event, the Sanhagen Dillashaw. That again, that was. I I give, I give the edge to Sanhagen, but what did you see leading up to that fight for two weeks? T.J. Dillashaw. Yep. They did so many different commercials, so many different. They did that thirty for thirty. They did behind the fight with him. They did all this crap. So they, I think that gets into the judges' minds. Is that oh look, 
he come back from two years off and he's clean now and oh what a fight dude was split open I'm not surprised they didn't stop the fight as bad as that eye was. Sanhagen was hitting him at will. Yeah. And really didn't suffer a whole lot of damage. Yeah, TJ no. was dangerous. TJ, TJ pushed him. But Sanhagen controlled that fight and was a technician. It was a good competitive fight, but I think Sanhagen really outfought yeah, I TJ. Did too. And I was shocked when it was the other way. It's just I, like, wow. Yeah, what that fight one. are we watching here? Yeah, that one really took me by surprise because I was sure that, and even if you discount the eye, right? Because yeah. TJ's, that's an old injury yeah. for TJ. He's got scar tissue there that, you know, those areas tend to pop open when they get, you know, repeatedly struck. But the thing is, he's getting repeatedly struck. It's yeah. not like it was a, it was an oddball single shot. Yeah, I wasn't mean, an accidental headbutt. Yeah, he elbow. was getting pieced, oh, yeah, okay. he was getting pieced out on the feet. Sanhagen was, yeah, was working him. And yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, again, judging was off because now that gives TJ's now, they're talking about making him and Jose Aldo fight for the number one contender spot for the title and Sanhagen's like he's now forgotten he's gonna get thrown back into the mix it's yeah. like dude he was making a good run yeah to I be mean, a, to get a title shot now yeah. he's got to fight a couple more fights to get there and I mean yeah he, he, he you know he said he should have finished him or he should have put put it on him more in the fourth and fifth round but he was coasting because he pieced him up so bad in the first three that he's like dude I've got this fight won I don't want to get yeah Act, you know, knocked out, being too aggressive. I'll control, and then just, you know, next thing you know, TJ's winning. Some I think it was like four rounds. Some of the judges had TJ yeah. winning four rounds. It's like dude was getting knocked down and was bleeding and T getting pieced up. TJ did a really good job of putting the stamp on yeah. rounds four on yeah. the ends of round four and five. Right, he always yeah. was good. He would he would score the takedown. Yeah. At the end of the round for for four and five, he yeah. he didn't keep Sanhagen down, no. but at least he scored. Yeah, get a take, get a take. He scored the takedown, right? But Sanhagen but controlled still. controlled the octagon. Yeah, TJ walked forward, but he was getting beat up, and he got takedowns, but he couldn't establish control. Yeah, as soon as he as soon as he did something, Hagen was back up. So yeah, I just again god awful judging. They gotta get better. Yeah, the the judging was not not that great. Yeah. So the next card was the um, Uriah Hall versus Strickland fight um, or card. That was a pretty good fight uh, or a pretty good card. Yeah. Ashley Yoder versus uh, Jin Yu Fry. Jin Yu Fry got the, the three-round decision. Yeah. That was a good fight. The, um, the draw between uh, Danny Chavez and Kai Kaimaka, that was an odd one. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I saw that coming. Because there was, is that the one with the fake knee, knee groin shot, where they uh, took a point away from? Yeah, I think they took actually, a point away from Kai Kamaka. Yeah, it was. but it was a fake groin shot, because you can see on replay he kicks him in the stomach, nowhere near his groin, he loses a point. Yeah, it was. It was so supposed to be. Why, yeah, yeah the that's knee. why it becomes a becomes a point, because they were, you know, Herb Dean was like, um, both of you are throwing knee shots, both of you are poking each other in the eye. One more, one more, and I'm taking a point. And he took advantage of it. He needed a break. He was getting pieced up. He's like, oh, yeah. He just grabbed his junk, and Herb Dean took a point. And you look on replay, and that, it was nowhere near. It was nowhere near. It was in the bread basket. Yeah, it was a perfect shot to where it was supposed to be, and it, it screwed Kai Kamaka. Yeah, he needs a, he. Th th there's that been, was embarrassing. There was a lot of discussion on 
yeah. uh, on the uh, the socials about that fight and how Kai Kaimaka needs a need, to needs to get back on that yeah. one. Yeah, he gets a challenge or get a rematch. Yeah, because that dude, yeah, that guy screwed him. That was just a fake, fake. Yeah, that was not a good one. Um, I mean, really, once you get the the, the whole card was good. Uh, the Cheyenne Baez versus Gloria DePaula fight was pretty good. Round one, TKO, one minute in. Um, I think everybody was really surprised with the main event, though, with Sean Strickland edging out Uriah Hall. Um, on Sean, Sean Strickland is a quiet, quietly building up a little bit. So yeah. Uriah Hall just, just looked out class. Sean Strickland. He put on a striking yeah. clinic. I mean, the, the thing that I was a little disappointed in was he was a little quiet because usually he's the one that's from... Sean Strickland, like, talks well, in the ring. But didn't he have that altercation earlier with, uh, with the green shots? And it was all over Instagram yes. and YouTube with What's-His-Face. Oh, yeah. He, he, where they were, they were supposed to be working on jiu-jitsu. And then you get a groin strike. And then you get a little ego talking and then you get you know like a, hey, we got a little aggressive so I think oh he, no 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 wait wasn't oh no uh, that was, Sean Strickland was the guy who went with Big Eddie yeah and Big Eddie hit that yeah, that yeah. um that arm that yeah. that uh, elbow hooked, hurt him yeah bar uh, whatever you want to call it off yeah. the underhook yeah and did it twice yeah and there was yeah, and then Sean I think caught him in the groin. Yep, that's douche, yeah, yep. hit him in the nuts. That's right. It's like, dude, you're being a douche. Yeah, we're supposed to be doing, you know, they're supposed to be working together. Instead, it was like I'm trying to hurt you, and the bigger guy was like being kind of aggressive, and it's like so he took a shot to the balls. And then there's yeah. this big argument about it's like, dude, I'm done. You know, you're trying to hurt me. And we're supposed to be training. Yeah, and that's one of those. And it's um, like so you gotta wonder if that had. Anything to do with Strickland just being quiet because he didn't really say a whole lot after that come out. There was a little bit of pushback, and then Strickland just kind of got quiet. Yeah, there was a lot of um, there was who a, was right, who was wrong. Yeah, that. who was right, who was wrong. And it's like, well, how smart is it? I mean, Eddie's a rough guy. Yeah. Like, no, there's no. He's the one that when you, whenever you see him, he's got the, yeah. the the bandage wrapped around his head and blood on his face, his tongue sticking out from like Abu Dhabi a couple yeah. of years ago. He's a rough dude. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So how smart was it for yeah. Sean to step into a ring and, and, and oh, yeah, well, we're going to spar when the dude's kind of a known rough guy? Yeah. I, I, but, I, you know, but Strickland's guys were like, you know, he agreed to train with Strickland on standing. Yeah. Because Strickland sometimes gets trapped against the cage and he has trouble getting away from bigger guys putting him against the cage. So that's the whole point of bringing in Eddie. And then Eddie wanted to be a little aggressive because it's like, I'm going to beat up a UFC fighter. Right. And it was a little, then the egos got to going back and forth and then the, the groin shot and then, you know. So then... The yeah, I was, I, was, I was surprised if Uriah Hall looked so bad. He looked god-awful. He just looked like he was not prepared. Yeah. He talked. He had talked a lot of shit going in that fight. You know, the last guy who fought me broke his leg on my leg, and I'm going to destroy you, and I'm fighting for the title next. And Strickland was like, "All right, man. Yeah, you know, you're cool story. Check me. this out. You looking past me? He's like, and he and Uriah Hall literally was like, "This is just a fight to get me to the to the title. You know, I'm I'm you know this will be over in the first or second round." And Strickland's like, "Okay, all that's right, dude. I don't Relax care. Well, what happens." 
It's like we talked about the, the Sugar Sean O'Malley yeah, fight, yeah. right? I mean, you, even if you look past a late-minute substitution, mm-hmm. you know, it's never a good idea to look past the guy in front of you, yeah, right? Cause, Cause, yeah, that, yeah, you might have that, – that kid's hung in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's never a good idea to yeah. look past the guy in front of you because – You mess around and get hurt. Yeah, you mess around and get hurt. That kid finds something because you don't expect it, and the next thing you know, you're unconscious. Yeah. So the next one was UFC 265. That was that was our boy, the Black Beast, Eric Lewis versus Cyril Gaon. And yeah, I I, I was leaning on the Black Beast because I, I just like him. All the crap he's been through. He's an entertaining fighter. He says, says such great things. He's a tough I guy. He's got be, a good chin. Yeah, I, I knew this was gonna be a tough fight because Gane is just this crazy freak. He's another. Freak athlete who didn't start MMA till recently. He was a boxer. I mean, he got an MMA by accident. He went to this gym looking for sparring partners, and then they're like, "Hey, you want to try this?" And they started doing a little kicking, showing him through kicks, and then showing him grappling. And next thing you know, he's hooked. Yeah. And within a year, he's fighting, you know, in the UFC. It's like, dude's a beast. And his training sparring partner back then was Francis Ngannou before Ngannou moves to Vegas. So, I knew he was dangerous. I watched him fight. He's good. But I figured Derek Lewis was just... Uh, the best one, best thing I seen about the whole fight, the, the best uh, preview was a guy was like comparing Derek Lewis to Cyril Gane. And it was uh, grappling Gane. This Gane. Everything was Gane. And it was uh, Derek Lewis but third round didn't care. <laughs> it's like... Because he's going to just find it. And instead, it was Gane by third round T- yeah. TKO. And I was like, okay, well, dude's legit. Derek Lewis had a bad night. And I, I, I like the fact that Gane did not celebrate, did not rub it in his face because it was in Houston. And he didn't want to embarrass Derek anymore in his hometown. Yeah. Which was, that's an awesome competitor. But now things are starting to service that Derek Lewis was eating a lot just two hours before you got into the octagon. And they're like, well, this is probably why you gassed out. Yeah. Basically, you're eating a whole chicken, a rack of ribs, and all this other crap, and you're, that's not good for your body. Yeah, it's that, you know, that, that doesn't work out too you well. You start taking them shots to your, to your abdomen, and next thing you know, you just ain't got no energy. I mean, that's not – I don't know many fighters who eat like that before they get in the octagon. That's just, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, digestion takes energy, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, and a blood, lot of blood flow. Yeah. Right? You, when you eat, you know, your stomach and your intestines, blood flows to that well, area. Think about all that and extra then you're getting, food. All that extra weight now it's in your stomach. Oh, and yeah. as you're carrying that around, you know, he's already a big dude. <laughs> all so that shit sloshing around yeah, shit there. And, and that dude's kneeing you and kicking you in it. And that stuff's like – bouncing up into your throat and, and then you try not to vomit and you get your mouthpiece in and it's like putting pressure on your lungs think about having a full stomach you overeat oh god and you let you you can't it's not comfortable to lay down because it, all that weight's on yeah, now imagine like 250 pounds on top of you, you feeling that yeah, way pushing your, your dude's pushing into you all that food's now in your lungs and this dude's on top of you it's like yeah no wonder you gassed out you can't breathe I well, love Derek Lewis I mean this ain't a rub no, it's like uh, but it kind of explains why he, he gassed out and it could be his normal ra- ritual it's like I eat I mean how many times I mean what had the fight man I got poop yeah he, he exa- that's exactly what I was thinking like what's wrong why are you rubbing your stomach I got poop <laughs> I got poop 
It's like so. This could be his normal pre-write ritual. This is no slap no. to Derek Lewis, man. It's it's just like maybe, but it could be why he looked like he gassed out against some guy like that. That he just wasn't prepared for Ganey's style. I mean, come on, Derek Lewis beat Francis and Ghana. In a boring fight, in a but boring he's still fight, beating. but he's still beating. Yeah. So you're not talking about some dude who's just you know no a nobody. You're talking about a guy who went with two fight Cormier. Derek Lewis is great, and he's it's not like he's going to disappear. He's lost to the guy who's not going to fight for the t- title. Derek Lewis will probably fight one of those guys soon again. I yeah. Mean, he's, well, there's I mean in that weight class, like yeah. really, who else is there yeah. swirling in the top five? Well, yeah, right now there's really not a whole lot. I mean, if Derek Lewis has beat all those other guys. You know, he's knocked out everybody else. So who yeah. else is – when Gane and Nganu fight probably later this year is what they're looking at now, uh, Derek Luce will probably be the guy that, that they have he'll to fight He'll probably be the next. alternate, yeah. Or, or he'll be the, the, he'll be the first fighter. Well, he'll true. be the first – you know, defense will be against Derek Lewis. Could be. Stipe, don't know if Stipe's coming back. Uh, he was supposed to get an automatic rematch, and apparently it didn't happen. So he's disappointed. So we'll see – but, you know, there's some interesting stuff. You know, you have Jose, Jose Aldo just winning his fight, looking good, and calling T.J. Dillashaw out for the number one contendership. You had uh, Michael Chiesa looking like garbage. Yeah, I don't know and what happened he, there. Uh, Vincente Luque just ragdolled him, and Chiesa was like, I felt the best I've had in a long time, and it just got beat. I mean, it happens. I mean, Carolina Kovalovsky, who's yep. always been a contender, is now talking about retiring. Uh, you know, so it's just you just get to that point to where you just, for whatever reason, you don't get better. You Or you just meet that guy who's better than you. I mean, think about this. The UFC yesterday put up uh, – you know, throwback. 11, you know, it was a, back in 2011 was uh, Cowboy My Hero Cerrone's first win in the UFC. Stoppage by strikes against Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. And now you look at where they are. Charles Oliveira is the champion, and Cowboy's on a four-fight losing streak. Yep. And someone had commented in the bottom, like, well, was this an early stoppage? And Charles Oliveira's like, nope better fighter just beat my ass yeah he kicked my ass that night and i mean it was a different cowboy back then and whenever cowboy decides to hang it up he's going to be a coach he's going to have a team i mean the well, he's got the bmf ranch and the bmf ranch team right he's got yeah, all those kids out there yeah, and they're all they're all in, getting into like the small yeah. groups and sooner or later he's going to have these and he's had a fighter on uh a ufc uh Back during COVID, when you had the small ones, he had one of his guys on, you know, who well, got a shot. So it's he's 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 going to be that guy. I mean, he's got endorsements. He's a spokesman for. He's Monster. got his fight league, yeah. 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 Which actually they fight in Norfolk, Virginia, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I have to take a trip. Yeah, we do need to take a trip just to meet, see if I can meet Cowboy. Cowboy. Cowboy's awesome, but. You know, but it shows you how the fight game changes. Charles Oliveira is now world champion, and again, Cerrone's on a four-fight losing streak. Stuff changes. Uh, weird is Charles Oliveira's waiting for a fight, and now you got Dustin Poirier talking about fighting Diaz. And they're like, "How how does the the champion feel that his number one contender doesn't want to fight?" It's like I'm, I'm I'm interested in fighting that Nathan Diaz. 
And it's funny because Dustin's like call, literally calling him Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Oh, Instead that's going to get under his just, skin. Hey, Nathan. You want to fight? Don't that, be scared this time, that'd bro. That would be funny. So, I, it, I, Dustin's just doing it now for the money. He don't That title, I think, still means something to him. But now it's like, man, I can make so much money off this fight, and I can do so much good with that money. Because then he turns around and donates so much of that, his fight purses. It, yeah, his to fight charity. To his, yeah. to, his, to his charity. And so it's like, do I, am I going to make as much fight in Oliveira if I'm going to make as much fight in Nate Diaz? And imagine him, imagine putting, it's going to, there's no way that he can make it, but imagine having Nate Poirier and Nick fighting somebody on the same car. Mm. I mean, people would tune in. Nick Robbie? Well, that's already set for September. No, but and there's still, no there's, way there's, Dustin. I don't think Dustin's no, ready yeah, by September. Right. Dustin probably Dustin Dustin fights this year will be in December. I don't see him. He's not. He just made a buku buku money off that fight. That'd be a good fight for the New Year's Eve card. Yeah, but Rob, you know, we're talking about Robbie and Nick. I mean, you know, a hell of a fight. You know, Robbie's on his way out. This is a good re, I guess, get the ring rust off for for Nick. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie's gonna bleed. He's gonna Robbie be, always bleeds. He's gonna be a bleeder. It's gonna be a bloody fight. I think Nick stops him. It's gonna be a stoppage. I think for Nick, and it'll get Nick's feet wet and back into the act. And that's a good and that's a good parting fight for Robbie. Well, the the, the question is, does they're not Ro- throwing Robbie in against some 22, 23 year old savage who's just gonna obliterate him, and, and people are gonna talk shit. You're gonna go out there, and you're probably gonna go out on your shield against Nick Diaz. The question is, does Robbie go in with the strategy that he's had the last couple fights where he's going to block punches with his face? Or is he going to, you know, is he going to go back? I mean, he's always been ruthless, right? He's always been a violent fighter. But before that freaking fight that he had with the Crimson King. Well, but think um, about how bad that fight was now looking on both of them. Robbie Lawler has even won a fight since, and Roy McDonald is one. I think what one fight in Bellator, maybe two. Lost Bellator, and he just got eliminated from the PFL Fell, yeah. by Ray Cooper Jr. because Ray Cooper the third beat him. Yeah. He's lost two fights in a row by decision. The first, the first one earlier this year was bullcrap. That was the worst judging in history. I think McDonald won that fight, but he still lost that by decision. And then Cooper just beat him up yeah and it's like there was no doubt in that fight and it's like mcdonald truly has not looked the same since the fights with robbie lawler no. it's like it, his nose got obliterated his face was messed up the thing about how much damage they did to each other and it's like yeah neither fighter's really been the same since not really i mean and if they don't go in and get the vanderlei surgery yeah. right and yeah. get all that cleared yeah. up right they're never going to breathe through their nose nope. the same ever again and uh, McDonald didn't want to do it because it's a year or two recovery. But now it's like, dude, you're now out of the PFL. You're not, well, you're, I mean, you still, the next year, but you're yeah, out of the you're, contention. You're you out of contention well this year, yeah. You might as well get it done and get your shit straight because how much does that affect your breathing? How much, once y'all start clinching, and you watch McDonald now, once they start clinching, once they start dirty fighting, he, it's just like he starts to like, he gets less and less. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, I don't think he's breathing enough. Yeah, and, I don't think he's breathing I mean, think enough. think about it, man. If I get you down, uh, I'm going to cover your mouth. Especially if I know you have a problem breathing. My, yeah. my hand's going right over your mouth. Yeah, you're, you're, my, you're going for the plastic bag yeah, show. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm going to do whatever. I'm, I'm not 
plastic bag choke sounds so dirty. We're gonna, <laughs> call, we're gonna call it. We'll call it something else like a leopard joke because that's what leopards do. Oh, they 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 bite their you know they bite their prey's face and they'll cover their nose and mouth with their jaws and they'll just suffocate them. We'll just call it the jaguar. Joke. It's either the plastic bag joke or it's the muffler. Okay, call it the jaguar. Those are the two it's the I've jaguar. heard. The muffler. I like the jaguar better. It sounds cooler. You know what? You can doesn't, call it whatever. Doesn't you want. sound like I'm a bomb beating you up in an alley <laughs> with a plastic bag joke. Or uh, picking up a muffler. I just, you know, it to me that just sounds, you know, like like seventies uh, porn names, plastic bag joke and the muffler. So it's like a bad like it's a bad seventies porn about superheroes. Uh, it's your plastic bag and the muffler. That oh god. <laughs> so the the the, thi- the the one fight that didn't happen on this particular um card was the one that I was actually interested in and Prophet Jerry comes in again. Although we both kind of figured this was yeah. going to happen. Nico Montano didn't make weight. By a lot. By a lot. Uh, Seven said, yep, that's pounds. It. I was like, she's going to be out of the UFC in... In three, two, one, and literally it was like Tuesday. Yep. She has been... Nico's been released, so it'll be... Uh, I haven't... I quit following her on Instagram. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what she does. I don't anticipate seeing her go anywhere. She's she not, hasn't. She has has no following really, and she yeah. doesn't have any fights. I mean, what 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 would Bellator ain't gonna take her? If anybody took her, it'd be like bare knuckle boxing because their their women's division has become up and coming, and they're sending a lot of female fighters. Their women's division is actually more. But they would bring her in. I mean, does she just go there to be fodder? Oh yeah. They bring her in to get beat up. I mean, those girls are legit freaking. I mean, Ty Starling. I mean, her fight against Jenny Savage. I mean, she that was brutal. I mean, so I, I could see her possibly going there, but I don't see anybody else really taking her because I mean, Invicta is owned by the UFC. Mm hmm. You know, so she's not going to go there. I seriously doubt. I doubt if he gives her because she can't make weight now. So why is he going to bother signing her again to see if she can make weight? Uh, one championship, maybe. You know, but again, they have a little more leeway with their weight. Uh, so they could have her in a catch. They could put her in a bigger division. They have a, a lot more weight classes, I think, in one. And they would, but she would have to fight up. And wait, she couldn't wouldn't be allowed to cut weight, so it wouldn't be an issue with her. Mm-hmm. I can see her maybe going there, but you know the weird the weird thing is after she got cut, mm-hmm. um, I'm just pulling up her Instagram now. After her cut from the UFC, it, she's posting training videos more now, yeah, than she ever did. Well, now she needs a job. Well, um, right, she um, no longer she can no longer. It, she's, it's going to be, I mean, if she had sponsors, which you probably assume she did, do her, her are her sponsors going to go away because she's no longer a UFC fighter? Because the whole point people sponsor her is so they can put her face on stuff and on say UFC fighter. But now former she's, flyweight champion. Yeah, now she's not a UFC fighter. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's it for. It's not like she's a bad fighter, but she just—it's like she just didn't really. 
I, yeah, I don't. I, I'd like to know. Bother. I'd like to know more about that story because it's yeah. it's kind of a weird story. It's like why you know you know you gotta make weight, and you and you come in that much over, and she's just blase about it. Like oh well, I tried. Well, and we we've, we've talked about the the female challenges yeah. as they get older, making weight, right? And I mean, but, she's yeah. blown two years, yeah. if not more. Yeah. You know, after season twenty six, which is you know, she won season twenty six of the Ultimate Fighter. She was crowned the lightweight, the flyweight yeah. champion, and then never fought since. Yeah, so, a lot of time, a lot of young. Yeah, you know, I know. Unfortunately, a lot of young years. Yeah, so I mean, I could see her possibly going to one. I don't see Bellator bothering with her. Uh, they're actually cutting women. Yeah. I mean, they cut Beck Rollins. She's going full-time bare knuckle, which is more her style anyway. She's undefeated in bare knuckle. So, I mean, that's where she shines. Mm-hmm. She she has a rough time with the grappling. She's good, but she's not a high-level grappler. She's just a striker. And I think the grappling in mixed martial arts was hard for her because that's normally where she would lose is the grappling. She would lose by points or someone would submit her. So I could see, I could see someone, I could see her going to one. I don't know if she'd go to bare knuckles. She seems kind of prideful hmm. about her 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 appearance. Then again, Rachel Ostevich is proud of what she looks like, and she she just yeah, she's care. out there throwing, so throwing hands. So My. Nico's last fight, I didn't even realize this was against Juliana Pena, yeah, um, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, so she's just disappeared. And then it was that was two because her win against Roxy um, at the, the the finish of, uh, yeah, ultimate of the Ultimate Fighter was December first, twenty seventeen. Because see, she fought Roxy because the other girl, Sajara uh, Eubanks, make couldn't make weight. Yeah. So Roxy was the third was third place, mm-hmm. but she got the nod, and she had to take the fight on short notice. But Roxy could make weight. Which, you know, and she lost what, by decision? I think Roxy lost to, lost the title by decision. I don't think she got stopped. Let's see what Sherdog has to say. I believe you are right. But that was, you know, that was back when Roxy was just, you know. Yep, unanimous decision. Grappling only, and she, which she needs to kind of go back to because she's definitely not a striker. But <laughs> that's a different story. But, uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Sarge just struggled with her weight and mm-hmm. you know, up and down, so she moved up in weight. And she then, looked good. She looked good at the. She fought a girl that you outweigh by fifty pounds. That was making <laughs> her debut. Who's a military? Who's in the army? Yeah. Who's? I guarantee you, not training as much, and you outweighed, and you looked it. She was. You out. You outweighed that girl by fifty pounds. She was. That I guarantee. Was ugly looking. Comparing those two girls. I, mean, I guarantee. I give that army. I, she I give shout out to that cut girl. Didn't at all. To to watch that girl fight, and that girl was small. Yeah, there's. She's in the military. She's not cutting weight. Yeah. She probably literally trains as much as she can. She's an active. She's you know an army officer. So she's not cutting weight. She's not killing her body. She can't do but so much. She did it. I mean, she still. I mean, hey, she got the fight in the UFC. That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, she that yes, Sarge cut a lot of weight and then coming to that ring fully ready to go and probably had forty or fifty pounds on her. That was such an out. Yeah. I mean, nothing against Sarge. Hey, t- take the fight when you get it. You know, if they're going to hand you this fight, like what Sugar Sane said the other day, uh, quoting Chel Sonnen, 
I mean, fight the fight the lowest guy on the highest spot for the most money. Yep. You know, he's like, if I get paid to fight this nobody for the same amount I get fight paid to fight that guy, why am I going to worry about fighting that guy? It's like, yeah. You know, Chelsea Linden said it best. Elsie Reed was the yeah. the the lady that uh, Sajara fought, and that was a, a replacement fighter. Yes, I mean she's in the military, and she you get a call, hey, you want to fight? Okay, yeah, and it doesn't that, clear it, clear it with the Army PR yeah. officer, and, which they're all, dude, they sponsored the fight. Yeah, you know how it's good, you know, even though she lost, but hell, she's in there with a with with a top contender. Yeah, you lost, but the fact that you can do this. I mean, that's a big deal for them. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that gets exposure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. look at all the leeway that they gave Tim Kennedy, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean. Well, well, he talks about it, you know, in a recent article that at first they're like, nope, you can't do that. Yeah. You got to choose one or the other. And then he's like, then they're coming after he got out of regular army and went reserves. Then they're coming saying, hey, we'll sponsor your bus. We'll sponsor this. Here's a buku shitload of money. Just represent us. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I offered to we do tried it for that free, before, but I offered okay. to do it for free, and you said no. Now you got to pay me buku money and sponsor everything and buy me a bus. Yeah, okay. Somebody messed up. Yeah, because they could have had Tim Kennedy for free. That's bad calculation. Yeah, someone messed up with in you know, that department. Well, the the army's known for paying too much for something later than it was. Uh, Paying, paying a higher price for someone that's delivered late. So there's yeah. no difference here. We, well, that's bureaucracy. We're not, yeah. yeah. not going to get into people who, who, who profit. No. Because there's a whole lot of that going on. So um, I guess one last thing before we move on was uh, the, the latest Connor shenanigans. Connor, what the – okay, I'm going to use my one F-bomb pass for this, this episode. Connor, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, you gonna go at DC. You gonna go after Daniel Cormier, who, who, in my, as in Michael Bisbing's words last night, he can pull you limb from limb. You gonna go after a, one of the greatest champions ever at heavyweight, at light heavyweight? The guy's lost to what two people? He lost to John Jones and, and Stipe. Stipe. Yeah, Stipe is one of the is the has the most def- title defenses ever in heavyweight history. Uh, you can give Cormier, you know, yeah, he lost to John Jones, but he lost to, you know, a John Jones that yeah. was so coked up that the cup melted. And, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, they're like, oh, well, cocaine don't help. Yeah, it definitely don't <laughs> hurt. You, you, know, you try fighting a crackhead. See I how that you, turns I out. You what. I, I, I tell you what. I guarantee you it didn't hurt. Uh, but. And you kind of gonna call him fat and ugly and stupid, and I feel sorry for you. You're so out of weight, out of shape. You're gonna die. You're you're drunk and blah blah. That's like, dude, come on, man. You're really starting to pick fights, and I, I just I like Cormier's. Initially, it was just worry about the guys that are beating your ass, and then it was when Connor kept on and got more and more personal. Then it was, all right, man. I'm not gonna say anything on here to embarrass myself. Just let's just keep this energy going when we meet again. I'll see you soon. It's like, in other words, you want to talk trash on Twitter? Wait till I see you for real. Are you going to talk like that when we when we're face to face? Because I guarantee you, not at least not if it's the two of them. Because Cormier will pull him apart. Oh yeah. I mean, you're talking about a dude who's got probably legit 100, 120 pounds. If he gets his hands on Connor, it's all over. Yeah. I mean, and and people are it's. I'm not sure if we'll ever see 
Connor in the octagon again. Because I don't think so. He's going to end up becoming a detriment to Dana and to the to the ownership company. Yeah, is that these shenanigans, these things he's saying are starting to be borderline. You know, just like we can't have this for the sport. We can't call ourselves a legit sport and then have our icons saying crap like this. Yeah. I have not listened to the uh, the latest Shale podcast. Shale's been talking quite a bit about Connor. Connor stock is starting to go down in Shale's eyes. I'll be, I'm really interested to see what Shale yeah, has to say about this one because I'd kind of given up on him after all the trash talk he did to Dustin after the fight. Yeah, and stuff against his wife, and right before the fight with the things about his wife, and and now it's just like, dude, come on, man, I'm done. I don't care. I'm not gonna pay for another fight. You do. I'm just not interested anymore. And now I'm like, you know, too bad you beat Cowboy. Yeah. The the shenanigans were cute when he was winning, but now they're just Well, the shenanigans are cute then because it's Red Panty Night, and he making jokes about making balloon animals with one hand and throwing gang signs with the other, making fun of the Diaz's. That's one thing because you're just just talking trash to the other fighter, and it it was funny stuff. It wasn't personal. It was balloon animals and gang signs and you're teaching underprivileged kids jujitsu and blah 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 you're not a real gangster okay you're, you're just being funny now, now it's, it's your yeah. wife's this and your wife's that and blah, you're blah, fat blah. and a drunk yeah and you're fat and a drunk and you commentate this you stupid idiot and it's just like all right man now you're just becoming belligerent and you're just you're you to me you're starting to sound like you're drunk yes you're and you're going to a justin bieber concert <laughs> yeah back off somebody needs I think somebody needs like there needs to be a cut off at like 10 o'clock yeah. at night and somebody takes away his phone I mean literally dude if you're hanging with Justin Bieber you've lost all gangster credit <laughs> yeah you two are getting tattoos together I don't care yeah no your, your new bestie Justin Bieber has he got your back and you know, you're replacing better Dylan hope so. Dennis with Justin Bieber <laughs> well he can do an arm bar he knows oh, a little jujitsu god that all video right, man. I, I, I like to submit. Well, we we're gonna get get a get a boxing match going. We're gonna get Justin Bieber versus one of the Logan brothers. That'd be the next thing on Triller. Yeah. And now, well, there's other stuff going on. Uh, uh, the management team of McGregor is suing Pacquiao for the, because of the fight. Yeah. Over Pacquiao apparently agreed to be rep- supposed to be part managed now by McGregor's team or something. And he did something, so they're suing for like three million dollars, and oh, there's a lot of shenanigans. But it's enough of McGregor. He's just again. I think I don't. I don't know if we'll ever see him fight again. I mean, I his mind's so. not in the right place. Nope. Well, and he's still got to come back from the leg. And yeah. You saw. Um, you saw Chris Weidman's response to uh, Connor's. Hey, I got a titanium leg now. Shit. Did you see that? Yeah. Where he came out and said, "Yeah, you got a titanium leg. You just wait till you kick something with that yeah. leg. That shit hurts." Yeah. So you I know, mean, I have metal in my hand, in my wrist. It's not comfortable. It doesn't make me stronger. It hurts, and on cold days, it hurts really bad. Mm. All right, it feels man. like I have you know. It feels like I have well, metal yeah, in you, my hand that's ice cold. Yeah, you, it feels you, great. You got a rod of ice going down your hand, it's basically. Awesome. All right, man, you got anything else? No, not for that. All right, man, we will hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, so we're back with this week's Seriously. So, Jerry, the floor is yours. All right, so 
you know, we've been out for, like I said, a couple of weeks, different things, and I was, you know, homesick for a little bit myself, so I got to watch a lot of news. And, of course, the news of this week is wonderful governor of New York, Cuomo, resigning over sexual harassment and misconduct allegations. You know, the bad thing is he gets he's now eligible for $50,000 pension for the rest of his life. He don't really need it. He's rich, but the fact that they're going to have to pay him even though he's resigning because he's been in office for so long. Uh, and then you get into the deeper part of this, to where this guy's been doing this forever. They found out now that the, the mandatory sexual harassment training by all state employees, he didn't even bother to, to watch or sign. He had his aide sign his name. So he never even took part in something that's mandatory. Then you find out that a leader and a spokesperson for a women's advocacy group resigned this week as well because it was found out that she helped Cuomo write his defense letters to write his press releases to make it sound like he didn't do anything and she she was also aiding in the attack and discredit of one of his main accusers and it's just like how can you ever ever call yourself a advocacy group for women and all women should believe, but you literally decide, well, we don't like this one because we need Cuomo to stay in power. We don't want him to, because we like him. His politics are close to ours, so we'll let it slide. And even Biden this week said, it's a shame he has to step down. He did a good job. Okay, so the guy has harassed at least, what, 10 women now or more? Or more, yeah. Uh, the one young lady wants him criminally charged because it's not just harassment with her. He apparently, according to what's being said, he forced himself on her and try, you know, went pretty far with her. Uh, but then we get the fact that the state is, you know, the New York State House and Senate has decided to drop all investigations on him since he willingly resigned, and so this probably will never won't go any further. He'll just be discredited. And then you start watching other stuff happen, and then you find you know, uh, Saturday Night Live, apparently they're facing a lawsuit for uh, the sexual misconduct of one of their cast members with a minor, and apparently the fact that other cast members were aware of was present and did nothing to stop it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, if it's true or not i don't know again it's a lawsuit it you know there's got to be a basis for something a criminal you know response and then in our bjj world we have the things going on with uh fight team and cyborg and rocha having to come out and now change policies and they have to address the fact that one of their instructors thought it was acceptable to be having sex with young girls and they've now had to go through all this and the stuff that's, you know, the questions that's raised. The fact that, you know, Cyborg was like, I apologize, I did not do this, and but I'm taking the heat because I didn't answer, I didn't handle it well. He's like, I never thought I'd have to ha deal with this. This is not something I ever thought about. And you get to a point to where, yeah, you trust people. You know, you think everybody around you is like you. You know, I, I don't think that this is cool so why is the dude that I trust you know yeah think it's okay is as well okay. so 
But apparently there's a lot more coming out about that that apparently they may have known before a little bit that he was doing some some pretty sleazy crap. And so there's a whole – we have a lot going on in our BJJ world where you've got guys literally like in our saying how they would handle it, that guy should be smashed. You know, be he should be dealt with, and and if you look at it with the one, it is pretty dis- dis- disturbing because he's been her instructor since she was ten, and now they're they're literally saying he groomed her until she was sixteen to to be willing to do things with him, and it's just like wow, you know, that's that's a that's a predator though. That's not just yeah. random. You know, oops, I really really screwed up. You know. Instead, is you've been instructing this kid since she was a child. Well, and, and how, sixteen, she's still pretty much a child. And these guys, and these these crap creeps on social media, they're like, "Well, she's sixteen; she understands." And still, don't make it cool. Mm. I still, I don't care how if you think she's sixteen and you're in your twenties or thirties or forties, and you think, "Well, she's old enough to understand what we're doing." Um, we're still not cool, and I still might hit you in your face. Because I still think it's disgusting and disturbing. I mean, we have rules in place and there's ideas in place. And, you know, let's not go there. (laughs) But you know how we feel on this podcast, how both of us feel about uh, this sort of stuff. Uh, And it's just really disturbing that we have someone as high level as the governor of New York doing this stuff and being accused of some pretty pretty heinous stuff in some of these and the fact that to defend him they were trying to discredit this woman who was vocal about it this young lady and including like I said an advocacy group who was their whole thing was to stop this sort of stuff from happening was then helping him defend himself just so he could stay in power because he was an ally and even though he had done it and they didn't you know there was no well we weren't sure if he did it it was more of well we're just going to help him with damage control because Mm -hmm. they needed him to retain power that's how that's what the world's come to is i mean just all you gotta do is look at harvey weinstein they they knew he did this stuff so much it was in his contracts that he had to pay penalties to the company if he got in trouble so that's how obvious it was was that it was in his contracts. It's like, the, and it wasn't just you will be terminated. It's like, well, your first offense is this much. Your second is this much. Yeah, and Harvey Weinstein's made out of so much money, yeah. right? It obviously didn't matter. And it's like, and that's that's only if someone complains. It's not, hey, if we right. think you're doing this, you're fired. It's no, you got to pay us a penalty. Okay, so you're gonna make. Fifty million dollars off off of movies this year that you do, and all this other and all the other kickbacks, and we're gonna penalize you fifty thousand dollars if you get accused of doing something. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's gonna take his chances, and apparently a lot, a lot of women didn't say no, and now it's the, you know, well he, you know, his power got him a whole lot of women, and then the ones that did say no, they don't really go very far. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, up until it really got bad, they gave him a lifetime achievement award and were defending him. And they literally, there were apparently there's jokes where that was just how things were done, and 
if you went to his office, you knew what it was for. They would joke about it. The, 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 the joke or the, I don't know what you want to call it, the urban legend or the, the, the stereotype of the casting yeah. couch. I mean, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Right? It, it, there's a reason that it's this, this yeah. joke or this, you know, urban legend. It's a real thing. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's actresses that joked about it. Like, yeah, if you got called into his office for a private meeting and you knew what it was for, and you should go wearing something you can get in and out of easily. Because you'd get the role. You know, if you're getting a private meeting with him, you perform, you get to perform. Yeah. But again, and so now, you know, that, and he's disgusting. But it was acceptable because he can make or break you. And people are like, oh, well, you know, 20 minutes dealing with him, and then you're good to go. And you get movies. And then now you get Andrew Cuomo, who's doing this shit. Well, you know who I am? And he, you know, it took him forever to resign. Well, he, he gave his two weeks notice. Yeah, he like, I don't weeks. want your two weeks notice. Yeah. Get out. And they're like, yeah, it's acceptable. He get, yeah, it's, it's okay. Oh, well, I'm going to help with the transition. You shouldn't be helping with crap. You're a sleazy piece of crap. And, like, and, the, and the funny thing is that his brother took a vacation at the exact same time from CNN that his brother takes two weeks leave to leave office because you start finding out that you know his brother's leaking stuff to the media to help discredit this young lady mm -hmm. to, to protect his brother who was the most eligible bachelor according to CNN and MSNBC he was one of the most eligible ba bachelors what I'm getting at man is seriously it's like again we've covered this this whole idea of being a predator and abusing women especially young girls is disturbing and how deep rooted it's become and you're starting to see these hot men of high power that are just this is just their lifestyle and that and it's being looked over and passed like it's not that big of a deal because they're powerful mm -hmm. or because they're on a particular side yeah oh yeah because he can give us this or he's an ally to this so we'll let it slide I mean, we'll let all those other transgressions slide because he might help us with this in the future. And just look the other way. And then you literally, but then you start seeing some of these, some, some of these cities, when they talk about rape defense, you know, we live in the South. Rape defense here is probably going to shoot you. Yeah. Here's a, we're going to teach you, you know, teach your daughters how to use a gun and she's going to shoot her rapist. You got some cities like L.A. and Seattle and all these uber-liberal cities where they literally tell girls it's not that big of a deal. It'll last a few minutes. Just let it be. Or the or pee yourself. Pee yourself, yeah. That, that's your defense. How dare you take their life? It's just – I mean, literally saw one where they're like, how dare you uh, – you should not use violence because it's just sex. Wait a minute, what? Because women were starting to arm themselves and attack their attackers. They were shooting people. Uh, women were stabbing. Were learning martial, you know, learning how to defend themselves. And they're like, "Oh no, no, you can't hurt them. It's just sex." It's like, uh, literally, what? Listen to this woman try to say that how you shouldn't be allowed to defend yourself because it's just sex. Fucking crazy. It's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Don't. That's not cool. So seriously, this is again, man. At at the ending of almost every one of this is. Be compassionate, show a little consideration, and protect each other. Absolutely. And if a young lady tells you something, listen to her. 
I don't care if the guy's your, you've known him forever. Oh, I don't, you know, I've known that guy forever. Listen, because you might not know someone as well as you think you do. Yep, everybody's got their demons. Yeah, and just because you don't believe in that and you got this guy in your inner circle doesn't mean he doesn't. I've, I've seen some weird crap out there with people I liked, and it's just like, whoa, that's a little creepy. That's starting to get borderline creepy. Yeah. It's, yeah, so, yeah, be good to each other, you know, defend women, defend children, yep. protect the innocent. Yep. Uh, got anything else, bud? Nah, man, looking forward to next week. Yep. We'll back back in the gym, getting after it again, and we'll be, be on with the Gist Chicks and see how that goes. Yep, be on with Gist Chicks next week, and we got some guests lined up. So, um, until next time, he's Jerry Armitrout. Later. I'm Scott Barker. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album Wailing Village.